Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. My name is John, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're checking out the Bible in Life podcast here on the podcast. We're all about what I call blue jeans theology. That is theology in the language of everyday life for the purpose of following Jesus in your everyday life. And so if that's something that that would be helpful to you, man, I hope you'll stick around and check out uh, even earlier episodes of the show. And as we begin this episode, I just want to say I am so grateful to all of the supporters and ministry partners who make the Bible and Life ministry possible. Whether you give a small amount, a large amount, whatever you can can donate, uh, you, you really are the ones that make this ministry go. I, I couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much to each and every one of you who support this ministry, support the podcast, the listener's commentary, and so many of the other things I do that don't cover the basic expenses. And so it really depends on the generosity and support of God's people, you. And so I am just so grateful to you, my ministry partners. Thanks a ton for making this ministry possible. And if you've been thinking about joining the team of ministry partners, you can do so at the link down in the notes below. All right, I, I hope you had a wonderful Easter weekend celebrating Jesus, celebrating his resurrection. If you have family near you, celebrating with family. Wherever you're at, uh, wherever you live, I just pray that your Easter weekend was a deep encouragement to you. You know, it struck me yesterday as I was sitting in service and worshiping the Lord and focusing on the resurrection, for whatever reason, what hit me afresh this this go-around was the fact that someday I'll actually get to see Jesus. Because he is raised from the dead, I too will be raised from the dead, and I will be with him forever. And I'm not sure what it was about the songs and the service yesterday, but that reality just hit me powerfully yesterday. The, The fact that my relationship with Jesus is good right now, but it's not all it's supposed to be and all someday it will be. And someday I will see him. I will get to see Jesus. I'll see the look in his eyes. I'll hear the tone in his voice and I will be with him forever. Man, that that was deeply moving to me as I sat through service yesterday. So we had a really wonderful Easter, both uh, the church service, being with family, uh, enjoying our time with, with our little grand. Uh, daughters and little grandson, and it was just a blessed, blessed day because of that. And so I, I pray you had a day like that as well, and that you could fix your gaze on Jesus and know that He lives. He He's risen. He is uh, just as alive now as He was two thousand years ago, and He is offering life to you as well in His name. And so, pray you had a great Easter. You know, as I talk about that, that really is a great lead in to where I want to go on this episode of the podcast and then in the following weeks on the podcast because I've had my own struggles with faith. I've wrestled with questions of doubt. I have at times wondered, is this really real? And uh, I think that's normal and I think that's somewhat understandable. The biblical story and the Jesus story is incredible, like incredible phenomenal. It's not something that happens on a regular basis, right? Uh, just take the Easter story, the, the thing we just celebrated at Easter, the resurrection. 
when was the last time you were at a funeral and the dead person came back to life? And this doesn't happen on a normal basis, right? It's incredible. It's phenomenal. It's extraordinary. And that makes it challenging sometimes to believe. And the reality of my struggle really came to a head when I was in graduate school. And so what I want to do here over the next few minutes with you on this episode is I just want to share a little bit of my story to set up uh, the next handful of weeks on the podcast. And so I graduated with a degree in uh, New Testament and ministry from undergrad school in 1992, almost 30 years ago. That's right. I'm old. Okay. So I graduated with my bachelor's degree in 1992, and I immediately wanted to go to graduate school. And so we moved uh, to the Midwest, and I went to graduate school in Ohio. And so shortly after I began, uh, sometime probably my first year of graduate school, maybe my second year of graduate school, I'm not really sure exactly when it began, but somewhere in the middle of my graduate school experience, I'm studying theology. I'm studying the Bible, right? Uh, it's a conservative school. And yet somewhere in the midst of that, uh, skepticism, doubt, questions of faith began to really well up deeply within me. And I, I really began to struggle with the truthfulness of the Christian faith. Could we trust this story? How do I know it's true? Because if it's not true, why would I believe it? Why would I give my life to it? And the reality is, I, I'm a Christian, not because Christians have always been nice to me, not because Christians have never disappointed me. I'm a Christian, not because I just love going to church. Like, I, I don't always like going to church, right? Like, I'm a Christian, not because I just love going to church. I'm a Christian not just because it's always easy and made my life just so sparkly and happily and full of, you know, rainbows and pretty sunsets. Um, I'm a Christian ultimately for one reason and only one reason. And that reason is because Jesus rose from the dead. And so Easter for me is central to everything I believe. I'm a Christian because I'm convinced it happened. That, that what the, the story the New Testament writers told and banked their life on happened. But it hasn't always been that way. I, I haven't always been certain of that, and that's what happened in graduate school. Here I was studying theology, studying the Bible at a very deep level. I was reading all sorts of books from a wide range of scholars. This is, as I noted, the early 90s, and it was really the uh, in the heyday of the emergence of deconstructionist hermeneutics. That's a fancy word for people who just say, we need to deconstruct this story and find what's going on in the text, and yada, yada, yada. So there was uh, a, a lot of scholarly debate about how you know what's true and how you know what's real. And I had some colleagues, some friends in graduate school, and even some professors who were close to my age who were wrestling with these kinds of questions, and they would, uh, uh, th therefore, they would cause us to wrestle with these questions. And that's not all bad. It's good for us to ask hard questions and challenging questions. So I'm wrestling with all of this sorts of stuff, wrestling with some of these questions, and uh, 
in the midst of wrestling with it at an academic level, uh, graduate school was just exhausting for me. So some other contributing factors besides the academic questions were just sheer exhaustion. The way my program fell, my graduate degree was a 95-credit-hour degree, which is a pretty bulky graduate degree. So I had to do 95 hours, uh, and I did it in three years. And the middle part of my degree, I did 42 graduate hours in a 12-month period. That's insane, all right? That's crazy. But that was just the way my program fell and the courses I needed between summer session classes, winter session classes, spring break classes. I did 42 graduate hours in a 12-month period. So I, I was mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted. And then in the middle of uh, all of that, uh, it just seemed like God was absent. Like I, I was praying and there was no sense of his presence. Um didn't necessarily see answers to prayer. Uh, so there was just a lot going on in my life and in my world that all combined together to say, how do I even know if this is real? How do I even know if this is true? And so I'm in the midst of this, uh, this graduate school experience studying theology, wondering, is it even true? And this went on not just for a few days or even a few weeks. This went on for months. Like, and after probably about six or seven months, I was, I, it felt like I was in a dark tunnel, a dark tunnel with no light around me. And God just seemed incredibly absent in the midst of all that. And I, I was really in what uh, I later realized was some sort of like just spiritual funk, spiritual depression, and, and I needed to know, if I don't sense God's presence ever again, if God never answers another one of my prayers again, can I still trust all of this? And so in the midst of that, here's what I did. I, I was like, you know, I, I need to sort this out. And after wrestling with this, and wrestling with my questions and wrestling with my doubts, I got out a piece of notebook paper and uh, I had studied, I had read a lot, right? I got out a piece of notebook paper and I simply wrote out on this piece of notebook paper my reasons for why I'm a Christian. Why I'm a Christian. And here's what I wrote. And it may not mean that much to you, but in this moment, this is what it meant to me. I just wrote down a handful of bullet points that, that were helpful to me. And he, here's what they were. One was, this story is written way too early and told way too early to be a myth, to be a fiction, to be fabricated. It, it's, it's told during the lifetime of eyewitnesses. There's just, that's just hard to say it's all made up. So that was one thing I wrote down. In addition, I, I noted that the Gospels were too accurate. Like when I read the Gospel accounts of Jesus, there's just too much historical accuracy in there. Yes, there's challenging bits in it. Yes, there's legitimate questions and things we have to wrestle with. But the fact is, is there's they're just too accurate. They're, they're too rooted in history. Uh, related to that, you have multiple witnesses all telling the same story, and those stories... Um, integrate really well. 
And so you have multiple witnesses telling the exact same story. Not only that, some of the witnesses were reluctant witnesses, and they told the same story. And all these witnesses told the same story for the whole length of their life, never recounting the story. And it wasn't just a story of something they felt. It was a story of something that happened, an empty tomb, and conversations with a person who had been crucified and they said they saw and they, they, they ate with him, they talked with him, they touched him, they heard his voice uh, three days after the fact. And so multiple witnesses all telling the same story. Not only that, one of the other things I wrote down uh, on this piece of notebook paper was the New Testament documents are just too reliable. The New Testament documents are just too reliable. Like They haven't been changed since they were first written. We have thousands of manuscripts, and the manuscripts that we have are, uh, by and large, all the same. And so they haven't been significantly edited or significantly changed. I mean, like, even if the places where there is some manuscript variation because they were writing these things down by hand, it affects such a minor amount of the text and nothing of central significance. Like, they're just too reliable. So that, uh, and then, and then uh, the last thing I wrote down in this piece of notebook paper was, no other explanation fits the facts. It, it's like, well... Here's the story. What other explanation do we have for it? What other explanation do we have for what happened that convinced these people Jesus was alive from the dead, so much so that they completely risked not only their life, their eternal life on this story? And so as I wrestle with my doubts and I wrestle with my questions, I simply, on a page of notebook paper, just wrote out the things that convinced me, got it in writing. Here's the things that convinced me this story is true. That was what I needed. And even though that sounds remarkably simple, after six or seven months of wrestling with this, and then just putting down on paper for, for me to objectively see, here's the reasons why I am convinced this story is true. Um, that, that changed the game for me. And that's why I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian because I'm convinced that story is true. So when I have my doubts, when there's things I can't explain, when there's things that don't make sense, when God does go into hiding and seem absent as God does sometimes with his people, uh, and, and that's well documented with all his people throughout history, so that's just the way it works sometimes, right? When that happens, when answers to prayer seemed hard to come by, when there's things that I don't understand or it's hard for my little finite brain to get around, when there's all those things, I go back to the story and say, yes, but this story is true. This is what happened. And in the context of the whole story of the Bible, I'm convinced Jesus is who he said he is, can do what he said he can do, and I am banking on him to rescue and to deliver and to save me. Because I'm convinced the story is true. I'm convinced it's true. And so what I want to do over the uh, next handful of weeks on the podcast is just unpack some of that. And there are different kinds of doubts, and I want to deal with some of those different questions of doubt. Um, questions about the, some people just have questions about the existence of God. Some people have questions about, uh, look at all the suffering and pain in the world and if there is a God, particularly the God of the Bible, who's supposedly all good and all powerful, how can that be? There's even questions uh, about 
say, hell or questions about the text of the Bible? How, is it reliable? Can we trust it? There's questions about uh, answered prayer. and Why does it seem like sometimes God answers prayer and sometimes he doesn't? There's just different kinds of questions of doubt. And I don't have it all lined out right now. And I, I, I couldn't tell you 100% exactly all I'm going to deal with over the next few weeks. And if there's some questions of doubt that you're wrestling with, that you like, would you please, please, please address this one? Man, shoot me an email or message me through Facebook or Instagram, whatever, and let me let me know which one maybe has really plagued you and, and been something. And, and if I have some helpful thoughts on that, I will try to wrestle with that one as well. So I don't have it all lined out. I just know I want to help answer some of these questions of doubt because you may not have had them, but there are plenty of people that have had questions of doubt. I know because I've sat with them and listened to them wrestle with their questions. I've I've provided pastoral care for those who are wrestling with various kinds of questions of doubt. I have had, obviously, my own questions of doubt that I've wrestled with. I've read tons of books on that. I've read articles on questions of doubt. So there's different types, and I want to wrestle with some of those different types. The goal of this is to help us walk by faith in Jesus fully and completely. For right now, we walk by faith. Someday, it'll be by sight. But right now, we walk by faith. And our faith is only as strong as our confidence is in Jesus himself. That's ultimately the goal, is to have confidence in Jesus. And if there's doubts that's nagging at our, our confidence in Jesus, and we can at least put some of that into perspective and some of that into context, I want to help do that. And so over the next handful of weeks here on The Bible in Life, I just want to wrestle with some questions of doubt with you. And I would love for you to engage with me and uh, ask some of your questions and let me know how it's going. And so I'm excited to, to share some of my thoughts on this and things I've wrestled with. And uh, I would love to hear from you if you have thoughts, comments, questions as we process questions of doubts over the next handful of weeks. Hey, I hope you have a great week this week. May, even if you're wrestling with questions of doubt today, May you set your gaze on Jesus and may you wrestle with those doubts to determine the truth of your faith. Because if Jesus is true, he can stand the fires of investigation. He's false. Wouldn't we want to know it? And so feel free to ask, feel free to wrestle, but do so in an honest and earnest pursuit of the truth. May God bless you. Have a great week in Christ this week. I look forward to talking to you again next week.